You know, Mike, we record this in our separate studios in chairs at desks. Is this just like an episode where you list all the things that you can see around you or something? What's going on here? What are you <laughs> it's a doing? new flavor of ASMR I'm trying. I love lamp. <laughs> Don't you ever wish you could be more cozy when recording the show? I mean, I have a sofa. I could go move over to the sofa if you want me to do that. Well, I just got a waterbed delivered. You want to try that out? All right, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Did you really get a waterbed delivered? Gosh, no. No. What year okay, is this? Come I don't, on. I don't know. Maybe that's why you chose to speak about this, because you just bought one. I don't know. I needed to uh, be able to write it off, so I had to do research. <laughs> Ooh, this is, a, this is an interesting... Uh, <laughs> Wrinkle in the show, I think. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> My account is listening. Please hang up. This episode on Genius is about new house. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this week on Genius, electric vehicles. <laughs> we got to start way back in 1833 when the Scottish physician Neil Arnott created what is regarded to be the first waterbed, named Dr. Arnott's hydrostatic bed. He designed it to prevent bed sores in patients. Arnott didn't patent his design, which used a rubber-infused canvas to hold the water, so this allowed others to freely copy his work, and 30 years later, it popped up again in the United States. By 1871, they were well-known enough that the waterbed got a mention in an article by Mark Twain. It's like uh, trending on Twitter, I think. Same thing. You know what? Yes, actually. Yeah. Twain thing. So let's, let's jump forward a little bit to 1968. Charles Pryor Hall was a design student at San Francisco State University, working on a chair that can make life more comfortable for those unable to walk on their own. His first prototype was a vinyl bag with 300 pounds of cornstarch. <laughs> this is just a really big stretch Armstrong. Oh, it is, yeah. Right? Yeah. As you can imagine, not really, <laughs> not really feasible as, like, a thing. Three... <laughs> My 300-pound chair. Uh, (laughs) So he abandoned the idea and turned his attention to the humble waterbed. This work led to the modern waterbed as we know it today. However, his initial patent was denied for being too broad, and some pointed to the work of novelist Robert A. Heinlein, who described waterbeds in several of his science fiction stories. (laughs) The future... Your bed is full of water. (laughs) It's actually really interesting. Uh, As it turns out, the author had been treated for TB back in the 1930s and developed a design for a better waterbed than what was in use at the time. Remember, initially this was for Mm -hmm. like patients in the hospital. So he had experienced this and thought, hey, I can improve it. His designs informed his writing and thus Hall was unable to move in with his own similar design. Do you mean move on? Well, like move into the market. All right. Swoop in. Splash into the market. Take a, take a big splash into the market. Cannonball. It's not the size of the patent. It's the motion of the ocean. We should point out, there is no clear link between the two men's work. But in 1971, Hall was awarded a patent after additional design work separated it from the work found in Heinlein's books. The same year, Hall founded Inner Space Environments, a manufacturing and sales company which became the leading retailer of waterbeds in the United States. At their peak, they had 30 locations around the country, but this success didn't mean that Hall's legal troubles were over. 
1991, he fought off and won a lawsuit over a patent infringement brought by a company in Taiwan. A jury awarded him $4.8 million in the case. Who would have thought that so much of a waterbed discussion would be just about patents? Right? <laughs> There's a world we live in, man. Now, unlike most of the people we sp- speak about in Ungenius, today, Hall is still in the game. Nor was he killed by a waterbed, which could be a yeah. very ingenious <laughs> <Which> thing. Is- <laughs> we did that, right? Inventors killed by their inventions? That's right, we did, yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes so people can check it out. And there is another link in the show notes to an article from the New York Times in 2018 talking about Hall. He's now running a company named Afloat, which sells waterbeds online direct to consumers. Afloat is not a sponsor of Ungenius or anything on Relay FM, but you know, Charlie, hit us up, man. There is this idea of like cutting out the middleman, right? He's cutting out the middleman and giving the match waterbeds directly to you. Yeah. That's his whole thing. That's all right. During this episode, you've probably wondered to yourself, When's the last time I saw a waterbed? That's why they should be a sponsor of cool podcasts. I actually think this could work. So, you know, like a float hits up. You even got like a brand name that sounds good on podcasts. Right? It's a it's a good name. Yeah, it is a good name. I do miss inner space environments. Yeah. That is very futuristic and cool, but it a is. float is also very I good. bet their logo had a lot of brown in it. You you know what? You're probably right. Anyway, all of this aside, waterbed sales peaked in 1987 at 22% of new mattress sales in the U.S. I was shocked that it was ever that high, honestly. But then again, looking at old ads in preparation for this, there's a certain adult element to a lot of it, if you catch my drift. Oh, no, I am aware of this. I feel like most people know about this, right? Like, it's like this is like a thing for waterbeds, like especially, I guess, like... In the 80s, like the 70s and 80s, I guess, but yeah. So let's change gears and talk about how waterbeds actually work. There are three main designs used in our modern times, and it's all about the ratio of water to interior baffles or supports. On one end, the free flow or full wave mattress just has water inside. Basically a big water balloon, no interior structure. On the other end of the spectrum, waveless mattresses contain many layers of baffles to control the motion of the water and to offer support. Semi-waveless mattresses, as you may guess, are somewhere in the middle. Waveless mattress. I'm looking for waves. <laughs> this this mattress doesn't have enough waves for me. That's like just an, <laughs> an interesting one. While people sold and bought, of course, waterbeds based on a range of claims that they could improve your sleep, life, or your love life, they aren't safe for everyone, especially small children. Yeah, you don't want to put an infant in one of these things. I guess they just get lost, right? The, yeah. Many claim that waterbeds help with back pain, bed sores, and other common ailments. Likewise, they are easy to keep clean, as the vinyl covers are simple to wipe down and spills can't soak into them like they can with regular mattresses. Moving a wall to bed is a giant pain in the butt, probably your back as well, I'm going <laughs> to assume. So then you need to lay down to solve the back pain that you've got from moving the bed. Uh, and you have to be really mindful of where you place them because they can weigh as much as 2,000 pounds when full. Jeez. Which is very heavy. Also, this was a surprise to me, 
keeping them heated adds to your electric bill. I never even thought about the fact that you'd have to heat them, but you do because the water just will get cold and you'll get cold. Mm-hmm. And if your power goes out, you're in for a cold, slushy night. You'd need like a UPS for your bed. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want. You want a big battery backup right next to the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, regardless of the pros and cons, it's clear that the majority of people have simply moved on from these mattresses. As in 2013, they accounted for just 5% of sales in the U.S., Rest in peace, waterbeds. If you're sleeping on a waterbed, your rest will be very peaceful. And, you know, you don't want a waterbed to rip either, do you? You know what I mean? No. That is my, my genuine, like, that is the thing that I why I would never get a waterbed. Mm-hmm. Leaks. If it burst, and I'm sure so much work is, is put into making sure they can't or won't or, like, it's really hard, right? Mm-hmm. But it's obviously not impossible. And if it did... Can you imagine the mess? Be bad news. Bad news. Oh, my God. Well, our thanks to Madison for sending this topic in. If you want to read more about waterbeds or the people behind them or the afloat company, all those links are in the show notes. Uh, This week, they're at relay.fm slash ungeniused slash 161. They're also in your podcast app of choice. If you have your own fun Wikipedia topic you want to share with us, you can send us an email from the website or you can find us on Twitter. Mike there is I-M-Y-K-E, and you can follow me on Twitter as I-S-M-H. Until next time, we rock each other to sleep, Mike. Say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all.